Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What's it like to see the moment, to feel yourself growing? This is greatness that I'm showing. Close your eyes, I'm still glowing. Close the door, I'm still going. This is grand business. Have a seat and be a witness. Hey, what's it like? Welcome, welcome, welcome to Strictly Hoops with CJ Miles. Rate, Here. review, subscribe on your podcast platforms and on YouTube. Drink a Perrier, as CJ is doing, and subscribe on YouTube as well. Mountain Valley, send me some water. Shout out Mountain Valley. Shout out Mountain Valley. Um, yeah, shout out to everybody, man. Again, every week. Thursday. Happening. Every Thursday. Thursday. Every Thursday. New episode. Whether somebody's got to change the time for a kid pick up, whatever. It doesn't matter. We figure it out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's what we that's what we doing. We just texting each other saying, hey, I got to do it today. So can we push it 30 minutes? Hey, I got to do it this time. Can you push it an hour? But we're getting it done. They don't need to know our, our noise. <laughs> Hey, they get an episode every it, Thursday. It's, yeah. it's real life, you know? Yes, exactly. It's like the NBA, yeah, right? Like we were just talking off air. It's like the Raptors Man. start the season, three games in four days. And you're like, yeah. that's the NBA. It's the NBA for you, right? Mm-hmm. Feels it's like everything. a month. In a, in a week, feels like a month. And every game feels like it matters a little bit more than the last one. And you're mm-hmm. only as good as your last game. That's the breaks. That's the fun part. But I mean, I mean, as we're recording, you know, every single Thursday, this will be the only time we encounter a situation where we only have one game to play off of. And uh, it was a home opener and uh, the Raptors won a fun game. But before we get to some of that stuff, I I wanted to ask you about um, your costume for Halloween. Because I saw you were hanging out with with Darren Williams. Yeah, that's my guy. You guys all know Darren Williams, terrific point guard in his heyday with with a few different teams, Utah, Brooklyn Nets. Um, Let me tell me about that experience. And also, who were you? So we were, uh, I was Fred from Scooby-Doo. So you were because Grady yeah, was, was Scooby-Doo. Grady Dick oh, was Scooby-Doo. I didn't know. Yeah, oh, I did yeah. see that actually. Yes, I saw the picture. But yeah, yeah. I was I was, Fred, I was Fred from Scooby-Doo. It was so bad. Like you should have, before we left, my wife and my sister were trying to like comb the wig. We put hairspray in it all, just to get it to look some type of presentable, right? And it was not working out. Um, but then that became the best part about the costume is that it did not work out. And the fact that I was blonde wig and black beard, but that's a whole nother thing, right? Yeah, the um, picture yeah, on, your, it, on your social doesn't have the the wig, so I guess you already took it off. Yeah, I got it got hot because yeah. Darren had yeah. a whole get up on too. Yeah, it, what it was he? Hot. What was he? He was um the Mad Hatter. So if you just saw the whole thing, or if you go look at through his pictures, right, you probably posted it. He he was Mad Hatter from uh Alice in Wonderland. Okay, because yeah, he he went to town. Yeah, he yeah, like a, he had a three piece suit on, whole nine, like it was burning up. I was, I was hot in just that wig and a shirt, so I know he was burning up. His eyebrows are thick. <laughs> yeah, thick, thick but if you saw him in it's person, like they were like, they were like, yeah, they were like hanging off, they were like off his face <laughs> a little bit, so it was funny. Yeah, yeah, good times. Um, I'm happy, yeah, happy but there was a time. couple guys there. Um, um, that the NBA guys, you know, Charlie Villanueva was there. Um, Charlie Devin B. Harris was there. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a couple people there. Charlie played in Toronto. Yeah, Charlie. Yes, he did. You got drafted by the Raptors. Yeah, he had I hadn't 50 seen, against the Raptors, right? He had fifty. He did fifty-one? Yeah, I hadn't seen him in years. That was crazy to see him. 
He lives in Dallas now. All you Texas guys. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what your best season opening game was? Do you know what year it was? Do you know when it was? Mm, no idea. Season opening game. You don't know? Not even close. I have, I, I've never, like, it went blank when you asked that question. I have no idea. I'll give you a hint. It was with the Raptors. Against Chicago. Yes. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah that makes sense. Because And we played them like four days before that, and I had a big game in Chicago in preseason. Yeah, yeah. Ah, there we yeah, go. I remember now. It's coming back, yeah. 22 points. That was fun. 7 of 12 from the field, 6 of 9 from 3, a plus 25, 5 rebounds. Quite the start. Yeah, that was the start of the bench mob. Yes, it was. That's that was the, that was the start of that. Yeah, that was the start of the benchmark right there. But that was fun. That was a fun night because that was obviously my first night in the in that in that experience, right? In that real packed crowd, whole fan base there, loud. Yeah. Um, and that was that was just that was I I remember that night. I just didn't think of it as my best night. I just remember the night. <laughs> yeah, that's a a great game. Um, without uh, going too much into detail, the the crowd's not the same these days. Anyways, moving <laughs> on, I'll I'll leave it there. <laughs> um, it was much better back then. Pivoting to the game, the Raptors yes, win ninety seven ninety four. Uh, a couple of quick stats: seventy two points for one hundred possessions in the half court for the Raptors. Thirty six made field goals. Twenty seven assists. They outscored the Minnesota Timberwolves thirty four to twelve in fast break points. Mm -hmm. Now. Um, true shooting percentage, mm -hmm. Raptors at 50%, Minnesota at 43. Could you summarize this game in one word, sir? Honestly, uh, it was very much a first game. Like, I know there's two words, but first game. Mean, what I mean is you see a bunch of promising things. Yeah. And you also see turnovers, like miscommunications, like little, like butter both fingers, bro, butter both, fingers for, for both, for both sides. <laughs> yeah. There's one play, uh, Kyle Anderson literally trips over his own feet, and just falls <laughs> down. Like it's happening all over the place in the game. Right. So yeah. like, but you also got to remember that first game adrenaline is not the same as playing in preseason. No. So like, you still got that, that rush that comes in with that first night and a bunch of guys learning new things learning new players doing things and stuff like that happens yeah i was gonna say encouraging so in a similar <laughs> similar point yeah. to what you had said like there are some things to, so to flag. it's a podcast i can't use one word <laughs> yeah <laughs> true not you not you not me <laughs> no, no 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 not me did you see the the celebration in the locker room afterward yes that was crazy that was yeah. fun that was crazy he ran in there with the full sprint. Yeah, well, and what's that funny was, is that the day before, Darko was, you know, Nita was asking, like, oh, so you excited about, you know, maybe getting your first win, first game, all that kind of stuff? And he's like, yeah, but, you know, first things first, it's about getting the win. But then mm -hmm. once he got that win, oh, boy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you got to let him know, man. We got to and, – and, and it's and it's fun for it to start with him, you know, for, the, for them not have to go bring that energy to him. For him to bring it in the locker room like that is 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 pretty cool to see. Yeah. And the player is fed off of it too. It's kind of cool for a coach to be, for lack of a better term, vulnerable in a in a in a way like that. You know, like sometimes coaches yeah. can just be so stoic. Like I think of, I mean, it's different sports, but hockey. You know, score a goal. Even basketball too. Like you get a game winning shot, the coach just walks off the court. Sometimes it's okay mm -hmm. just to show me something. Show yeah, me. There's a yeah. There's a there's like a, a separation. There's a wall in some places that doesn't have to be there. You know, yeah. with like coaches and players. Yes, there has to be 
you know, uh, respect and um, mm -hmm. for the authority and the game plan and where we stand as his roles as this, you know, as this organization. But like, we all want to win. And I think we should all showcase that when we yeah. do and how we're happy for each other. And I'll be happy for you and you'll be happy for me. And, mm -hmm. and I think that part needs to be shown more. Yeah. The clip we're talking about was on Open Gym. I uh, love those people. I know a lot of the people that work with Open Great Gym. Dudes, man. Great dudes, man. Great this, dudes. Like, every time, every season, some of the people change, but some of the same faces that stick around just do a terrific job of giving terrific content to the people. And what Darko said after that celebration part, um, and I enjoyed this too, is that what's he's like, what's I'm paraphrasing, but what's great is that we got the win, but there is so much room for growth, but you guys did a good job, you know? Yeah, that's the first of all, before it goes away, the guys at Open Gym, because you mentioned them, that is the best. Um, I don't even know what to call it. I don't even want to call it like a film crew that just felt like a social. I don't want to call it video like, production team. I don't want to disrespect what they do. That is the best version of that in the NBA. Like there's nobody better at that in the league, the way they capture that, the way they make it feel, the way they are able to bring access to people without it being overbearing, without you ever feeling like they're in the way. Like we'll see some episodes and I was like, man, they were in there. You know what I mean? Like really they got that. Like there's there's times because one, because they're good people and you get used to seeing them Two because they make sure they don't. I think they just got a good feel over time of like, all right, this is not the time for me to <laughs> turn this flash on. Right. Like mm. this is not the time to do that. Um, But yeah, shout out to those guys. And back to the game. Um. Like I'm gonna said, send that Kurt, to them. By the way, I'm gonna send that to them. By the way, I'm gonna let them know uh, you've said that. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that that's in, encouraging is definitely the word, right? There's so many things you see in so many places you can see. Like, man, like we there's some shots we generated. There were good shots that we just missed. There's some, like you said, butterfinger turnovers, little mistakes that are happening, things that won't carry over mm. to the next game. And as we get going together, and then there's things we just haven't even added yet. Like yeah. things, he knows he knows way more than anybody else does. That's yeah. the thing that's the most fun about it. Yeah, he knows but, the plays he wants. yeah, but what's crazy is that maybe you're different, but I didn't see too many different sets that they ran compared to preseason. It was a lot of the same stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I'm not going to – I want the stuff that's going to be the go-to, the base of everything, to be so sharp before I need to start to add anything. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I want you to be able to execute this in your sleep. I want this – I want you to win games with this and only this so you buy into it. Yeah. That's probably the biggest thing, right? If you see that we can win games with just the base of what I've given you, when I come to introduce something else to you, there's no question about it. Mm -hmm. We're 20 and six. I have a new play for you. You're excited because it's gonna it's gonna make us 32 and eight. You know what I mean? Like it's like you're gonna, it's gonna give us more ways and more understanding. And I think that's the biggest thing is like when you're bringing in a new coach and he's bringing in some new tactics and you got some players younger players you're trying to bring up and all types of things and older players you want to make comfortable. Yeah. I'm not going to overload you with too many things that seem like I'm taking away from you. Mm -hmm. Another encouraging thing, and we'll get to this throughout the podcast, but they shot 14 of 35 from three. And it's not just that they shot that percentage, which is 40%. It's the type of shots they were making. A lot of those were quick triggers, man. And they're getting those off very fast. And if they're making those, the easier ones, they're going to flow. Mm -hmm. I, I I love it. It's in my notes. It's in CJ's notes. The first, the first possession, they shoot three threes. Pascal opening the season with a three. That's a good one. The first possession, Scotty <laughs> shoots. Scotty shoots the kick out to the corner. Off his rebound, Dennis shoots. Off his rebound, Pascal, and nobody thinks twice about it. No, it's not like there's a dribble, another penetration. There's no jab. There's no everybody catches and shoots it. And yeah. I think that's a like 
obviously you don't want to fall in love with it, but the confidence that comes with them taking those shots, being mm -hmm. open and no hesitation is going to grow everybody's percentages. 100%. And I asked exactly that to Dennis yesterday. Um, after the game, he uh, came in looking just so swaggy. Like he takes his appearance very seriously. And the media, we were like, we were waiting for him. Like, I mean, full disclosure, um, it took a long time. But at the end, we're also like, you know what? Dennis, he puts himself together pretty well. Some, it was like, worth it. It was worth it, though. And it's no different than like a Serge Ibaka, right? We heard the stories about Serge, the skincare routines he does. Oh, oh goodness. You can't argue with the results, though. And it's no, no, no different with Dennis. Yeah. And, and, I, and, and who am I to rush a man who just ran for 30-something minutes, like on a clock time, who or just played <clears> basketball for multiple hours? Who am I? Because I was like, I didn't have the same type of routines, but like, I was like that after the game, we get in the locker room and I'd be sitting in my chair sometimes, still in like my jersey. And people like, what are you doing? I'm like, bro, we just been working out and running for four hours, like pregame, yeah. uh, shoot around this morning, whole day. I don't have anywhere to be right now. <laughs> like, why do you want me out of here so fast? Like, what do you want from me, right? Like, not disrespecting the media, obviously, but I mean, just in terms of like the mental state I would be in after games. Seriously, and I, I think about that as well, that when it comes to a cool down, just like, you know, the time that you yeah. have with the team, talking about the game that transpired. Um, I always thought that a player would want to do the media thing and just get it out of the way so then they can just be done with it and they can take their time or whatever, but maybe they're going to take their time anyways. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but also me, I think, I think the media gets a better me personally i'll say this when i get that time because now i got time to process so oh. much of the, you know what i mean like if i yeah. don't have time to process it then you throw me a question i don't i don't have a real i don't have the real answer yeah i have the i have the generic answer both teams play hard like that's what i have right <laughs> like like if, but if i have yeah. time to process i can give you detail i can give you you know, plays start to come yeah. back to me and, and, and clearly and mistakes and things like that. But yes, back to what Dennis said. And I asked him about um, pretty much how a player, a team can feel better about the shots they're taking, more confident when they know that A, they're coming and B, the coach, coaching staff wants them to take it, you know? And we've talked about that, but even the fact that Dennis, he mentioned on his own that I asked him about his own three-point shooting, which we'll get to in a second. But I think that's also really important because you've talked about how important that is. Obviously, the mechanics, um, your process has to be followed. But even like those couple of seconds leading into your shot, if you know you're going to take it, that has to help. Yeah, and the, the the hesitation is what brings about, well, I shouldn't say, the hesitation is what gets in the middle of the thought process and, and the process of your work from every day, right? Because mm. when you're working on shooting, you don't think, oh my God, I'm going to have to jab. Like we're working on something. Like nobody's going to tell you to stop and not shoot it in the middle of this drill, right? So yeah. like every way you practice something, there's no hesitation in it. You know you're shooting. You know what you're doing. There's confidence. That's why you see guys, people be like, I see these big guys make all these threes and practice and do this because they're supposed to be shooting right now. Mm -hmm. Like there's no there's no decision process in 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 it, in this right now it's like you're going to make five from that spot so after he might miss the first one he might make four or five in a row because i'm supposed to be shooting this shot and this is what the goal is in yeah. the game there's so many things that pop up in the middle midst of that is the guy close enough is the closeout happening do i want to take this shot did i make my last two or three have i made one of the last nine when i came into this there's so many things that are in the subconscious that is that shouldn't be yeah but you just carry it as a player just because you want to do hmm. the best job you can do and I think the encouragement from the other side to the players, just telling them, hey, this is the game plan. This is what we want to do. We believe in you making this shot is going to change so many guys tremendously. Yeah.
And also to be fair to Dennis too, he he mentioned when I kind of pushed a little bit further on the three-point shooting and like the focus from the coaching staff to get those shots up, he's like, he, he kind of, and again, I'm paraphrasing, he's kind of saying that, Yes, they encourage it, but also we have to know when we got to reset, get back into a play, make and make you know smart decisions and try and get a, a better shot. He's like, it's not always about taking the three-point shot, but um the signs right now, the green light that players are feeling, and even like a pressure the chua, which again we'll get to in a second, it seems like he knows when is the time for him to take a three-point shot. Mm-hmm. Right? And you don't have anything to prove. No. Because of the confidence they've given you. So like you see guys come into a game and trying to prove that they should be able to take threes, prove that they should be able to put the ball on the floor, prove all these different things. And when you've got belief in the game plan and what we want you to do and the things, now I don't have to play with that sense of weight on me. It's, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, I better make this shot or yeah. I'm never going to get to shoot another three again. And that's not where you want to be as a shooter. You don't ever want to be in that space. 100%. 100% not. <laughs> yeah, uh, not. <laughs> <laughs> 67.9% at the rim uh yesterday against the against the Wolves. Um so they were pushing the ball constantly. No yeah. different than what we saw during preseason and uh didn't matter who it was. It was get the rebound, get up the court and they got a lot of easy buckets that way. Um and I'm sure that's going to continue and further through the three-point shooting percentages that I talked about, 44% on above the break threes mm-hmm. yesterday. Um a lot of those were tough shots. Um, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's a, it's a good sign that they're willing to take mm-hmm. them so far. Yeah. Dennis is going to have to make them up there too. Dennis is going to have to make them. Oh, we shot eight, too. eight. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to have to make them right. Like they're going to have to take them. Somebody has got to do it in that first lineup, especially because yeah. those, those guys can make shots, but they're not quote unquote three point shooters, right? Guys that can, on the move, mm-hmm. dynamic guys. Right. So the stuff that you get off driving, kicking everything, they got to go up. You got to yeah. continue to keep the defense honest and keep that, that spacing. And, he did a great job of doing that. So did the other guys. OG shooting the ball well also. Mm-hmm. Before we get to some of that stuff, uh, we'll switch to the defense. And uh, I want to get your thoughts on just what you saw from the squad. I mean, OG had a terrific defensive game, as he always does. All defense, I'm sure, is going to be on the way. First team. Man, we got to get him in. In the words of TA, first team. DPOY. We got to make that happen. That's for sure. Um, at some point, it's clear. Yeah. Because now everybody's everybody's everybody sees it now. Like it's yeah. not like, is it is it gonna happen? It, it could be. You hear other players from other teams, guys that are great scorers, talking about them, and obviously you watch the game and you see it, right? Yeah. And then the crazy thing is he's got a guy that can keep him fresh with Scotty Barnes. So like guys getting the that tandem, like like Anthony er, er, coming in there and getting those two guys, mm. like getting OG, and then OG gets tired, and I send. I send Scotty Barnes with his wingspan, his active hands and everything at you. Like, cause the inner two yeah. different types of defenders. OG's very solid. He's got good hands, some good steals, good, but he's not gonna gamble. He's not, he's just gonna be in the way. Big, mm-hmm. strong, agile. And then Scotty is just like all over you. Like long wingspan, hands up, trying to get steals, trying to rush you, trying to. And I think that the the difference between those two is what makes it the perfect tandem to to, to be a switch up. That cardio work is really showing. That showed in that first game. He didn't yeah. stop. <laughs> he didn't stop, yeah. Scotty. Yeah. They're, they're, they're playing at a good pace, too. Like, they're getting up and down the floor. Yeah. They're changing ends. Guys are active. Like, they're, mm. they're, they're in good shape. So, with OG against uh, Anthony Edwards, so going through some of the numbers, Ant, great start, man. Um, holy, like, what a player. He's nice, man. He's so you talk nice. about guys that, you know, getting themselves feeling into the, the first game of the season. He started... So well, 
12 points in the first quarter and OG after the game was asked about it. He's like, you know, like Ant was, he's such a good player. And uh, I was kind of respecting him a little bit too much to a degree where I wasn't as aggressive as I need to be. They were going under on screens and right off the bat, Ant was making them pay. But Mm -hmm. after the first quarter, mind you, I said that Ant shot three of five. He shot five of 22. And OG is all over that. Stride for stride, staying with him. He's everywhere. Like like I said, he's just he's so solid. Yeah. And he and he and he moves well. And even if, if you watch him when he's chasing somebody off a screen, even if he gets clipped, he's so strong. It doesn't really it doesn't slow him down. He just like, blows through the defender. Just, yeah. Or he just <laughs> take, it's just like he just he just changes his angle a little bit and he's just still moving, right? And he's and he's got the the, the length to cover ground. He's athletic and I think his willingness to stay solid is what makes him so good. Yeah. Like he doesn't let the I'm a really good defender part go to his head where it makes him gamble. He's like, I can I can recover or I could block it or I could he's just so solid. And that that patience is what's making him really, really hard to beat for some of these scores because even when you get mad at him and you want to try to bully him, you can't do that. Because <laughs> he's no. knocks. And he's not even just like he's using his body. He's playing fundamentally sound mm-hmm. defense. He's not hacking at you. Yeah. And if he does dig at you, he's probably going to be coming up with the ball. And also his mm-hmm. his off ball digs, right? The yeah. way he tags and recovers, like it's so impressive mm-hmm. to watch, man. And uh, there was a possession where he it was empty side with Ant and OG, and uh, Ant drove to the basket on the left side, and OG terrific contest, and Ant uh, went high off the backboard, didn't work. But then there's OG beating ant down the floor on the other mm-hmm. side you know sidestep and he he got a layup um terrific mm-hmm. start to the season for him and some of those pull-up threes that he hit we talked in the last episode about yeah, the pace in which down. yeah but the pace in which he is uh working in practice and the steph curry can't be attended and this was a game where you saw some of that payoff yeah that definitely that definitely shows up in those type of shots like you, the only way you can get good at off the dribble threes and this type of shots he's starting to create for himself is by working at them at pace. Doing them slow would not translate to the game. Mm-hmm. It's impossible, right? Like, because you can't, you, you, your mind and your body can't compensate for the drift that's going to happen or the um, just a little bit of balance mechanics you've got to change in the air sometimes. Like, you got to be able to produce force in practice to be able to take that to the game. Yeah. The way he's pulling up with confidence, too. Mm-hmm. Um Yaka Pertle, uh, maybe you can actually address this because uh, a couple of days ago I'd asked Yaka about different ways in which he sets screens for for players, and he mentioned for for a Dennis Schroeder, he it's a flat screen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but for OG, I mean, there was a pull up three. I should have asked you to look at this actually. Um, there was a pull up three that he oh, hit no, off went, of uh, going, going right, screen. going right, yeah, going right. What kind of screen is that? Floor. A good one. <laughs> like, like um, he had I don't his really back have a to name. the defender. He had a, his back yeah. to the defender, kind of, and he's like he was kind of opening, like opening the mm. waters, so to speak, for him. It's um, just like Yak has just learned just how to be in the way too. Something like just without getting an offensive foul, right? Without, because yeah. um, sometimes like timing is gonna be a little off, and you and your job is to not always have to hit him, just make him change his route. That's what I used to say to Yak. I was like, you don't always have to hit somebody. You just gotta make sure they can't run in a straight line towards him. Mm-hmm. All I need is that little bit of them changing their route for a time and to shoot the ball. I felt like I didn't need you to always just clean somebody's clock every time. If you can, great, because then you'll get a layup. You know, yeah. like yeah. if you every time you can really screen somebody, you do it. But if you're in a situation where it's on the fly like that and something's happening, just make sure they can't get a clean run at the to contest, and we can figure it out from there. 
And that's what he's really learning how to do. And you watch him even with Dennis, even on the ball screens, like he's trying to set the flat screen. If he can't, he just slides down a little bit under it and makes the guy have to pick and choose over under. Mm -hmm. And then they play. He didn't always have to hit the guy. A couple of things on that. Um, he was asked a little while ago about how, like, how do you set, you know, good fundamental screens and not get called for offensive foul? He's like, well, the first part is just to get through the first two weeks of the season. <laughs> Because it's such a focus with the officials, and he's like, you just have to get through yeah. it. Um, uh, and that's, also, that's funny. That sounds like that sounds like that sounds like somebody that played for Pop. That's what that sounds like. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yesterday, I love seeing this because uh, so much talk has been around. You know, him at the elbow being this creator, facilitator, passing mm -hmm. the ball. But he ran. Um, he was at the elbow, and he ran a keeper, and he beat Rudy Gobert mm -hmm. on the drive off the bounce mm -hmm. and got a layup. I'm like, good for you, bro. I think it happened. He had two drives in the game, if I'm not mistaken. But one was super nice. The one going to his right, I think the one you're talking about, he kept. Yeah. And he he had to finish. Um, but yeah, that dynamic is a, is is gonna pay dividends during the season because mm -hmm. bigs are gonna fall asleep. They're gonna try to drop and try to be and muck up things. And if he can just attack them where they have to at least like play him while he's holding the ball, it creates space. So he might only get that drive one, two times every couple of games, but just because he has the ability to do it, it changes the offense. Yeah. He had three offensive rebounds too. Um, actually the Minnesota yeah. Timberwolves and Chris Finch had mentioned that they were going to put a heightened focus on offensive rebounding. Well, they had 16. Yeah. So that was a bit of a problem for the Raptors. But as Darko said, after the game, there aren't too many teams that with that kind of length, you know, like they're yeah. a long team. And we talk about some of the issues the Raptors had uh, on, on offense. It's because of the wolves too. <laughs> Like they're good. Yeah, it's a good basketball team, right? Yeah. Like that, and and there's a dang near eight footer on the team on the on the floor. You got up. another guy who's six six ten six eleven can do a little bit of everything. You got obviously AE. You got Edwards. You got Mike Conley at the point guard. You got some long athletic wings. Kyle Anderson is a great point four. They got a Ooh. lot of good pieces. Uh, Nas is really good. Um, they got guys. That team's <laughs> gonna be a really good basketball team. They're gonna have a really good year. Yeah, um, and that's the other thing that shows the promise we're talking about, right? For them to go in there and you be able to blatantly see some of the things that we can really work on mm -hmm. and be able to beat that really good basketball team. Yeah. Jaden McDaniels wasn't even playing either, so that's another thing that I'm sure he would have been a factor. Ah, there yeah. you go. Yep. Yeah. Um, that's another, the another shooter, another defender. Yeah, just got paid too. Salute to him. Mm, he did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, on the Raptors defense, back to that. So there were a couple of things that I wanted to get your thoughts on on how the Raptors, because uh, like it was sometimes you had Yak in a deep drop, right? Like he had his foot on the paint and they wanted mm -hmm. to force those shots. And they have uh their their players on the perimeter, they're screen navigating, they're getting around screens. Sometimes they're switching, not all the time. It depends. But I was intrigued by the way they were doubling and helping when Cat and Ant were in different spots on the court. Like when they're on mm -hmm. around the corners, or they're at least they're being shaded towards the baseline. You had strong side help and like pretty interesting spots. And like these are some of the principles that we're actually going to be seeing from from Darko and within his system. It's like him putting his own imprint on on the game. Yeah, that's 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One of the things that is probably that he's excited about from what's getting to play those guys on the first night is that you get to put in and implement some things that you're going to need for some of these big-time players throughout the season, right? Yeah. Um, and to be able to get tested by a post guy and a wing on the first night is probably a coach's dream, right? Um, I think that just being able to show those guys how much of the work can be done early in the possession to take those guys out of rhythm helps going throughout the year because now we don't we we can get guys just being confident in me telling you be there early. I know you got a guy on the other side of the floor. I know he can shoot, but if you're there early, then everybody else can move early and we can be ready for whatever's going on. I think that's the biggest thing, like you said. You mm -hmm. see the rotations and the early helps and guys going to dig no matter who they're guarding, right? Because yeah. they trust in what the other guy behind them is going to do. And that's a big sign in the first game. Yeah, um, good signs from the Raptors on defense. I mean, that's that's not uh, that surprising. Like, they have a lot of quality defenders, all-NBA caliber defenders. Scotty Barnes, you got Precious Achua, which we can just pivot to Precious right now. I mean, we're going to make our way yeah, yeah, uh, throughout, yeah, yeah. The, throughout the team, but... Precious man, eight points, eight rebounds. I believe. I think he had more alley oops in this game than he had all last season. I, if he is a live threat during the year, that I don't even know how to describe what that does. Like right, like I don't know what. Yeah. That just because one, the play itself brings energy, right? An alley oop changes everything. It changes the the bench's energy, the crowd's energy, the guy who passed it, the the team in general. Like, but let's just talk about what it does for just the threat it brings. How much people got to tag? How much people got to be worried about it? Stepping into the pick and roll with him, and we haven't even got to the fact that he can make a jump shot. It just hasn't presented itself yet, right? So, if he rolls first hard for the for the first part of this year and catches lives, it will set up so many things for his game. And everybody else, shooters would get threes on the backsides, and 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 or guys would like being drops way too far for to have to be able to guard Dennis, right? And Dennis is coming full speed at him. Mm -hmm. um, there's so many things that that presents. And then when he's in the pick and roll with Pascal or Scotty, and it's and same size guys always mess up pick and rolls when they're big guys. <laughs> yeah. The big no, the big guys and the like when you got like a three four and a four five, they always mess it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they just they just not used to being yeah. I mean obviously people play small now so you got some wings that can handle it but for the most part it always gets messed up and if he rolls hard it's gonna make his life easy I mean again we've talked about his uh, rolling ability what he could do and also players desire to roll 
do they want to yeah. do it? Because sometimes it's not fun. You know, it's not fun to roll to the basket, especially if it's, there's, there's not always a, a payoff for the player. Um, yeah, but not. yeah, exactly. And so it's kind of an acquired taste, I suppose. But for him, just like as a roller, what are the strengths and what what makes him so capable and so uh, lethal at it? So it's when you're a guy that can do multiple things like him, it doesn't always want to be done because it was like, I could pop too. I could do this too. I could most time the really, really good rollers don't really shoot the ball. Well, they don't handle mm -hmm. it. Well, they don't have like no offense to like Clint Capella. Clint Capella is not playing on the perimeter at all. Yeah. So when he sets the screen, I'm running towards the rim because that's my best chance of doing something offensively. Mm -hmm. No offense to that. That's just who he is. Um, And I think, but for, for Precious, what it what it will do is well, why he's so dangerous? First of all, he's extremely athletic, right? Mobile. He gets running he separates back, from the running back steps, man. Yeah. He separates from the point of his screen. When he opens up to get to the rim, he gets there. Like it does not, he does not waste time. Second of all, he's he's a freak athlete. The first pass that Pascal throws a bad pass. It's too high. It's out of, it's out of the way. It's high. And he goes and gets <laughs> it, puts it down, right? Like, so like yeah. To have a guy that gives you that much room for error as a live threat definitely helps, right? Because now <laughs> it doesn't always have to be the best passer in the gym throwing a live. Anybody yeah. can anybody feels confident throwing it up there because it's like if I overthrow it, he's gonna get it anyway. Mm -hmm. So I think that's one of the things that really makes it dangerous. But the biggest thing is that like the effort and it will keep him on the floor. Yeah. Like it's gonna keep him on the floor because it's a threat and it didn't he didn't have to be a play called for him to be a threat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who didn't play yesterday? Chris Boucher. Mm, yeah, he didn't. Right? Ten-man yeah. rotation, and Grady yeah. Dick, he played two minutes. I saw Grady. Grady Malachi, Malachi, yeah, nine minutes. Uh, Jalen McDaniels, I think he's going to be part of the rotation. He played 16. Um, Chris Boucher didn't play. Uh, I was talking to some people. I noticed that because I was kind of waiting for the 10-man to reveal itself. And I was just kind of waiting mm -hmm. for it. I'm like, who's going to be the odd man out? Yeah. And when I saw it was Chris, I put it pointed out to people, and people were just like, "Really? Like Chris? Really?" I'm like, I mean, it's early season, right? Like, I think a lot game, of things yeah. yeah, first game. Um, Grady again only played two minutes. I think they wanted to give him perhaps I don't know, like his family's in attendance. I saw them. I saw his dad. Yeah. He, uh, nice guy. Um, and uh, maybe they just want to give him a few minutes. I don't know. Um, but also, no, you want to you want to give him a chance. Yeah, like you want to let him feel it. You, I don't think you want to wait ten games and then you have to throw him out there, right? Like I don't think yeah. you want to do that. Like I think you want to give him a chance to feel it and see what he can do. Mm -hmm. There's an opportunity. Um, I saw him talking about him the other day. They said he's coming along really, really fast and he's learning so much and he's doing. So you want to reward him for that, also. Like what he does, if he can keep himself on the floor, is not. But you gave him the opportunity to, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's what you that's what you want to do with a young guy. You want to find ways to give them opportunity to turn three minutes into six and six into eight and these type things instead of just telling them they're doing a great job and then yeah <laughs> and then just sitting them down right yeah and precious like staying on precious he was rewarded yesterday because he played 24 minutes and <laughs> coach was trying to get Jakob on the floor but there was no whistles and so we ended up mm -hmm. essentially doing all the crunch time minutes and again it just it keeps on showing itself the switchability the versatility how they can just hound teams and take away driving lanes and clog the paint and everything. And it shows more with Precious. Like he had a, a couple of really great uh, isolation possessions on defense too. Um, mm -hmm. He's mobile and he yeah. mentioned himself that he believes he is a, you know, top five defender yeah. or he he's one of the five players in the NBA that can actually guard one to five, which I mean, people can dispute it, but he's not far off. I believe it. Yeah. 
I believe it. I don't know. If, I don't know how many there are, but I believe he can do it. I know that yeah. much. That's all I care about. <laughs> OG can too. <laughs> OG can do. Scotty can too. Pascal can. Pascal's yeah. is, Pascal's just been carrying a bigger role as of late, like the last couple of years. But he can do it too when he's locked in. Yeah. And hopefully, the rotation allows him to do it more. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his minutes were at thirty-four yesterday. When was the mm-hmm. last time Pascal Siakam played thirty-four minutes in a game? I don't know. I don't know. I yeah. Don't know. Uh, maybe that's his number, which is good. I mean, like outside of the, there was a stretch in the third quarter where it was Pascal or Scotty plus four bench players. Those minutes mm-hmm. didn't go particularly well. And um, I'm not sure if you, if you recall that time, but all I noticed that kind of the pace went away with the offense. I thought Pascal looked a little bit tired during that stretch too. Um, but also <clears throat> it's kind of come down to, and Darko also said this after the game is like, it's one of the things I'm going to critique is like, I'm happy with how we played, but there's more opportunities for us to keep our tempo up on offense and we have to focus on in on that. Yeah. And then there's also the aspect of like when you got Scotty and Pascal with some other guys who are kind of like lower, I don't know the best word, deeper in the rotation, they're watching them. Mm-hmm. They're like, those guys are going to get the shots. Those guys, I'm just waiting for them to pass it to me if I'm open. Like they're not really yeah. trying to create the same as if they're with their unit. Right. Um, it was the same. It was kind of like that. In the beginning, when when I was there, right, we had the bench mile. Whatever before it became that, there would be times where Kyle would be in that lineup, or Demar would be in that lineup, and it would not be the same because we would we would almost defer to them a little bit just because of who they were and what they did, yeah. right? We would try to try to play off them, whether instead of make instead of I shouldn't say make, but instead of playing with them, because you don't want to get in their way. They're so talented. It's not a not a scared or it's just a, it's a respect thing. It's like all right, that guy's got his guy on the wing. Yeah, he's gonna probably score. He's probably gonna shoot it. Like, yeah. and he should, and he should shoot it. You know, like, so you kind of get stagnant a little bit because of that. Yeah, and it was a bit of both too. Pascal didn't have his best shooting night, and we're gonna maybe no. we'll talk about we'll talk about Pascal after this. A um, couple of Butterfinger moments where like it seemed like the ball was attached to him on a string, and he couldn't reach it. Yeah. A couple of those uh, early days, all good, but between that in that third quarter stretch, and along with. Yeah, just the ball not really moving too much. It kind of explains why things went the way they did. Not that it went really that bad, too. I mean, they were outscored by, like, I think, three points in that quarter. Throughout the game, defensive focus was definitely there. Uh, Mm -hmm. So that's obviously very encouraging. But let's talk about Pascal Siakam because he shot three of five from three. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, I mean, again, as I mentioned earlier, a lot of those were quick triggers. Two of them were late in the game, pick and roll with Dennis. Another one, uh, Mike Conley offers some nail help. And Pascal hits the shot along the wing, the deepest part of the three-point line. Yeah. Anything with this stroke, anything that stands out to you? Or is it just like he's ready to shoot these? He's just ready to shoot. Like he's he's in his stance. He's catching it, ready, staying there until it goes in. You know, it's not really anything he's changed. He's had good mechanics for a long time, right? He's, you've yeah. seen the work he's putting on that. So it's just more so about being ready, having confidence in it, understanding the way we're going to play now that this part of, of of your game has an opportunity to stretch now. You're not going to just have to have the ball and be in these mm. post up things like that. So I think the focus kind of shifts going into the year when you know that. Yeah. And I think it just goes into your preparation. What I love about it is that before the back-to-back threes, um, he had nine points. All of a sudden, just like that, back-to-back threes, balloons to 15. Mm-hmm. That's what I want from him. That's what I want from him. Easier buckets, easier mm-hmm. points. And if he's able to hit these shots, I mean, it just changes so much for his offense and also how the Raptors look offensively. Yeah. It changes the way. 
Because believe it or not, even possessions that come out with a bucket, it, nasty possessions still affect the morale of how you run your offense and how guys are, right? Like yeah. a guy has to dribble it for 13 seconds and he gets kicked around and it gets – or somebody was open and he missed them, but then he makes a tough shot. Nobody – yeah, you made the tough shot, good shot, but nobody likes it to be that way. Because then you get in a habit of leaning on that, thinking you can make these shots so you don't have to make the plays the right way and dudes like that. And it will carry over over time. Or guys will stop cutting or guys will stop sliding to the open spot mm -hmm. or stop setting screens the same. You know, it just kind of happens. And I think that's the biggest reason why clean possessions are so important. Anything uh, about his the shots that he missed yesterday or was it 5 of 17 is 5 of 17 today and tomorrow could be 10 of 17? Yeah. I think so. I think there's a couple like there's a couple going to the rim. I think he's just trying to get himself to the rim or to the free throw line there. And they let him play yesterday, too. That's something mm -hmm. we should say, like driving to the rim. There's a lot of like little hacks and little bumps that on both sides. They didn't call. I like that for the first game. I don't want the first game for everybody to shoot 50 free throws and people are in foul trouble. Like allow guys to uh, start showing their identity as a team and being able to grow as as the referees just kind of like start to adjust to how the game is being played because the game has been different every year for like four or five years now. Seriously. Like, so like, let's see what it is before we try to put our emphasis on it. This is a player's game. No, I love the referees. Don't they, we need them, but the players dictate the way the game is played. Mm. He also had six assists too. Um, pivoting mm -hmm. to Dennis Schroeder, who I want to point this out because one of the things that I had asked you about uh, or to discuss um going into this was his game management skills. I saw multiple occasions where Dennis would, you see the broken possession is happening and he's like, all right, P, come, come here. Mm -hmm. It's like the acknowledgement that you are our best player and this is your time to get us a, a good possession, um, a paint touch, a, you know, pressure the paint, whatever the case is. We need you to do this. And it seems like he's really relishing that role as like the floor manager, game manager. He had, uh, what, seven assists, eight of 17 shooting, four of eight from three. I uh, really liked what he he did yesterday. Yeah, he just got a, a real good understanding. First of all, the confidence from the summer, I still see it on him, right? Like just from him playing and him winning and him running that team and doing the things he did is still on him. I can see it. But him just noticing when to reject screens, when to attack the, the slot, when they're running a play on the high side, when to take shots, when to slow it down, when to put guys in certain mm -hmm. spaces is something that's going to carry this team throughout the year, right? Um, I think him being able to do that is going to build other guys' confidence because it might be it, it might not be Pascal he calls the next game. It might he'll 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 notice who's got it going or who's got the matchup and who's got whatever's going on. It's not just calling Pascal just because it's Pascal. Yeah, he was getting to the rim too. Um, on Man. multiple occasions, there was a case where, where a stretch where he made five straight buckets, um, five possessions in in a row um, for at least his offensive uh, production, and uh, that was a key stretch. You know, third quarter, fourth quarter area when those benchmans didn't really go according to plan, and then Darko brought in the starters, and uh, it was him getting some of those fast break layups in the open court. He is <laughs> he makes bullet. some tough ones too. Man, yeah. he makes some tough finishes on the break too. Oh, some tough contested ones, some tough just angles he gets to. And like you said, he's a bullet. Like he changes directions. Mm. He goes from left to right when he's like watching the play that's happening with the ball in his left hand. He goes from left to right downhill in that slot as fast as anybody. Yeah. Late in the game, um, OG actually found him for a really nice, uh, really nice like 
around the rim. He's just kind of floating there. They yeah. ran OG off some double staggers. And there was a few cases where Dennis saw that, but then he's driving to the rim and he curled around, found OG around the nail area. And then OG mm. made a smart play because Dennis was just kind of just hanging around the paint a little bit. And there was a short little floater right there for, for him available. Um, I just enjoy the, the, the attention to detail. There was, they were giving him some credit on the jumbotron for his uh, MVP performance in FIBA. And uh, mm-hmm. they then, went to Dennis on the court and all he was doing was just teaching guys. Yeah. <laughs> that's how you get crown. MVP. Yeah. Didn't that's why you're crown. the most valuable player. Yeah. yeah. Trying to win the game. That's what it is. Uh, yeah. Anything else on, on Dennis? I think he's just kind of, he's he's continuing to do what we thought yeah. he was going to do. He had a, a deep, Cat was in a deep drop. He had a pull up two, which would be a terrific bucket if he's able to hit those. There was another yes. case where yes. Yes. he's able to hit that pull up three, but I mean, he also shot four of eight. And he yeah, hit the I wrote, I wrote that, that really down. I, yeah, I wrote that was in the notes for his pull up because they're going to be in that drop like that on him if he can make those in that space. Mm-hmm. I know we don't. I know everybody's still arguing about the the mid range and who takes them <laughs> and who should whatever. But like, if he can make that shot coming downhill with those bigs and those super drops, he he's, he's going to be unguardable in that situation. Straight up. And if they're also continuing to run these like empty side stuff where if you mm-hmm. have a, a, a big really in a, in a deep drop, you know, then like that pull up's yeah. going to be right there for him. It's going to be completely. If he starts start shooting them off the glass, especially in those, in those empty sides on those sides, like or yeah. just floaters off the glass, things like that from that area. It's good night in those situations. Good night. Indeed. We'll wrap it up with uh, Scotty Barnes. I also want to get your thoughts on Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes' first game of the season in general. I mean, I think he's I think he's Scotty. I think there's still some there's some more spaces he can he can find more opportunities for sure. But he's active. He block he's blocking shots. Like if he blocks shots like he did or just comes to help the way he did tonight all year, he's gonna be a nightmare. Like I said, I already talked about on defensive end. But if he can do that off the ball too. There's one play he comes and gets somebody that's even after the whistle just because he's already he's so engaged, right? He comes and <laughs> yeah. blocks it. But um, he's just so mobile, so agile. He can do everything on the basketball floor. Pushes on the rebounds or the outlet, active hands. He's in the gaps. He guards the ball. Um, he's he's passionate about what he's doing. He's he's crashing. He's taking his open threes. He's gonna shoot them well this year. I think I really believe that. And I think there's so many things in his game that are gonna just come naturally this year because there's going to be opportunity so he doesn't have to think about how am I going to get this and how am I going to do this not that it was no opportunities last year but the different style of play is going to present it effortlessly instead of like all right I haven't gotten a shot I should probably figure out how to get one mm-hmm. and you can see that last year it happens just because the way the ball would move and stick sometimes I don't think he's gonna have to worry about that this year yeah the quick trigger three that he hit was was beautiful. It was actually off a, a Grady Dick pass. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you're seeing, again, we talked about Pascal shot. Do you see something different with, with Scotty or is it just a bit more mechanically sound currently? So I don't see anything wrong in, until I see the shots he's missing, like the free throw and like his floater a little bit, his follow through. It, it's he's he's in the, the ball is getting off in his hand a little bit. And you can tell because he's trying to fix it and his follow ends up going this way instead of this mm. way. So like you can, I saw it on a free throw and I saw it on a couple of shots, but like everything else is like so sound, just the consistency of that will help. Like we said, like it takes him, I don't know, I don't remember what he was from the field, but let's just say he's four for 
nine, it takes him to six for 11 because he gets two more shots because he made two more. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, I think it's just little things like that. And that's just stuff that just comes from reps. Mm. So his game line was 17 points on six of 16 shooting one of four from three, four of six from the free throw line. Some of the shots that you mentioned, uh, eight rebounds, five assists, two steals, five blocks. Exactly. Everywhere. Right. Like, so, so like (sighs) I said, we, we get him, he's, you said six for 16, six for 17. Yeah. Six for 16. Yeah. He's easily eight for 17. Mm-hmm. nine for like some of the little bunnies he might have i couldn't call them bunnies but shots that he's capable of making bunnies for him yeah and open three away from that game turning into a 25 point night right like mm-hmm. with those stats and not yeah. forcing anything get 10 fast break points and there was a case where he was like demanding pressures like get him with the hit ahead pass like, yeah. keep the pace up let's go let's go yeah. let's go that's uh it's coming from a the coach's mouth right there and um, yeah, i'm sure, sure. I'm sure, sure. Uh, we want to see that too. And also like you want Scotty in the open court, like you want for him sure. getting oh, downhill man. like that. Those advantages, if he gets a smaller player on him, whoever it is, like those are just easy points for your team. But I also want him in the open court because he passes the ball so well. Yeah. Like I, I want him to be able to make decisions freely and in the flow of it. I want him to be able to put people on their heels. That's the other reason. Like I want him to be, mm. I want that part to grow more confidence than anything because it gives me another playmaker on the floor like Dennis, like a passing playmaker. Not that other guys don't, but they make the right passes, but a guy who creatively makes things happen for people, like makes something out of nothing passing the ball type stuff. Scotty in the pick and roll. What did He's you good. see? He looks comfortable. Like, that's the biggest thing I saw. He just he looks comfortable in it. You see him making his reads. You see him taking his time. If he has to put a guy on his hip in the pipe, he's not coming off of that thing, just firing at the guy in front of him, trying to run him over it, not not all the time. He still has his times where he puts his yeah. head down, but that's but that's that he should. Yeah. But I mean, he just he just seems like he's really. They talk about young guys in the game slowing down, like the game's getting slow to him. Mm-hmm. That's 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 the best way I could explain that for him right now. He just looks like he just sees. He looks like he's seen it before. Got you. Yeah, uh, I'm sure he watched a lot of film during the off season. There was a DHO that. He ran with Malachi Flynn that led into a pick and roll with uh, Yaka Pertle. And it didn't amount to a bucket. It, it was a good possession, but it's that's another part too, is that if you just get the defense kind of moving one way uh, or whatever way, and now you're giving him just a small edge to be able to penetrate the paint. And there was a few occasions where, as you're talking about, where he's able to use a few escape dribbles out of situations to mm-hmm. make sure he maintains his dribble. He's not picking it up. And he had to do that a lot last season, probably because he wasn't as comfortable as you mentioned mentioned with his his ball handling but it seems like that's a bit better t- this time around and then again they're going to keep on running empty side stuff for him to ensure that you're getting uh, good possessions and you're giving him a chance and if it comes down to a switch if it comes down to you know he's got a defender on his hip you like the odds of him making the the right play in those cases yeah especially and him getting people on his hip with his size it doesn't matter the size of the defender once you're on his hip you know what i mean like mm-hmm. everybody's 510 now once they're on his hip yeah. Because his size and his length and, and his ability to be at the rim or his ability to be able to see and make passes. So I think that's a good thing that he's added that into his bag and that for his patience. He didn't uh, shoot all that well today, but Gary Trent Jr., there were some possessions where uh, Gary was the player one pass away in those pick and rolls. Yeah. Got to give another another way to give him more avenues for uh, for good production in those cases. Yeah, and then it'll come too with... Um, 
I know as a shooter like like Gary, like I know for me, like coming into the season and seeing them, the sets they were running and the type of the way the game's flowing, the way guys, the place they like to be in, he'll be able to create more avenues for them to see him as he sees more of the stuff they're doing, as they play more minutes together, as they see the different flows and how people are guarding them and things like that. Cause then you can read the defense instead of just being so focused on reading Scotty. Yeah. Anything else on the CJ's notes? Do we miss anything? Uh, <laughs> they, I like that nobody was afraid of Gobert. Like when they went, even if he blocks, he blocks, but nobody was like trying to do circuit shots or anything like they were at him. Yak mm-hmm. attacked him on the glass. They, they, there's the play where Precious comes in and clowns over everybody's backs and grabs and it dunks it, puts it back. Um, oh, I love that one. Yeah. Um, what else? I wrote Precious. I wrote Precious crazy. That's what I wrote. <laughs> in the second quarter, just the lives and the energy that he brought in. Um, he just was, he just changed the game. Um, still unselfish on the run. They're still passing the ball up, um, letting it fly. Um, one of the plays they run, I really like with Pascal where he screens and then he gets a screen four on top of the key. So like now it gets the defender off his body because they're going to go under. Mm-hmm. And now it creates a closeout. And if he's shooting it well and the guy closes out short or 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 he runs out, I mean, it puts him in possession. I'm in position to attack it or catch and shoot. Um, that's a really good play. A set that I like that they ran for him. Wrote down Dennis about Dennis in the pull up. Um, playing hard defensively. Like they they they're playing hard. Um, I mean they're 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 getting to it. Sloppy, but but both teams, right? Both teams yeah, had yeah. the butterfingers and all the things like that. Um, everything else we pretty much covered. That's pretty much it though. Um. 14 turnovers for both teams. Not even yeah. that crazy, actually. <laughs> yeah. No, so, so maybe not the turnover number itself, but just the type of turnovers, right? Like, yeah. Like, no, I get, I get like what you're literally saying. guys just like, it's all over the place. Balls on the floor rolling by itself so much during that game. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. like it's just crazy yeah. to see, right? Just the, I can't believe the way it was happening. Like, it was just like, man, they look like there's that, either that ball is wet <laughs> or like somebody's playing a prank or something. Like, it looked like at one, but there was like three or four possessions sometimes where guys are just hitting off somebody's knee, popping it up out of there. Guys going to the rim, it ends up on the floor. Three people on the floor trying to get it, it pops out, <laughs> rolls down the floor. And like you said, Kyle gets it, Kyle Anderson gets an outlet, trips over his feet. Scotty tries to pick that ball up, he fumbles it. Like, it's it was just weird. Yeah. You walk like into that game and you're thinking it's like you're going to be 20 turnovers per per team, but it was only 14. Exactly. And I was like, oh, okay, well, it, looks, yeah. it looked crazy. It looked crazy. <laughs> a funny game, but the Raptors win. So as we have mentioned, every Thursday we will be releasing episodes. So the next time we talk, we'll have uh, a bunch more games to to kind of analyze. But for now, yeah, how many games is it? Well, how many have, games uh, still next Thursday? Tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow. Then they got Saturday. They got Monday and Wednesday. I believe. There we, go. Well, we got a lot to talk about next week. Exactly. So there you go. CJ, closing thoughts? Anything you want to mention? Can't win two in a row till you win one in a row. We're on a good start. Oh, I like that line. I like that line. Use it Kyle last Corver. year. Yeah. Kyle Corver used to say that all the time. Can't win four till you win three. <laughs> Use that last year when we were hoping the Raptors would make a rally in the yeah. in late part of the season. Yeah, it didn't really happen. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> like, but I got this truth, though. You can't win. <laughs> you got to win one before you can win two. So we're off to a good start. Hell yeah. All right, y'all. 82 and 0. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Every Thursday, you will find Strictly Hoops on your podcast feed or on YouTube. Take it easy. Everywhere. Love. Press every button.
Hey, what's it like? Hey. What's it like? What's it like to see the moment? To feel yourself growing. This is greatness that I'm showing. Close your eyes. I'm still glowing. Close the door. I'm still going. This is grand business. Have a seat and be a witness. Hey, what's it like?